to the Jenny McCarthy Show on Sirius XM Stars. Welcome back to the Jenny McCarthy Show. I'm Jenny McCarthy Wahlberg. You guys know how much I love my guest and Janice Dean. She's an amazing, uh, what do I call her? Beauty, talent, meteorologist, and now author. Mostly sunny, how I learned to keep smiling through the rainiest days. Boy, a lot of us need advice in that arena. Aww. Hi, Janice. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Jenny McCarthy. How are you? I love you. I'm good. How are you? You are a ray of sunshine, and that pun is intended. <laughs> I love that pun. I'll take it every day. I want the T-shirt. I know, right? You're so sweet. So so tell me about this book, Mostly Sunny, How I Learned to Keep Smiling Through the Rainiest Days. What well, made you want to write you it? You know what? First of all, I have to pay tribute to you because belly laughs was part of my life when I was pregnant with both my boys. I have given it uh, to in baby showers to so Yay! many girlfriends. Uh, it was like right next to what ex- to expect when you're expecting. But oh. I read that more because it was so real. So thank yeah. you for writing that. Oh, thank you. And I, I just that. loved your style of writing. So when I started writing this book, I, I wanted it to be my voice. So uh, I sat down and just wrote about things that I thought were important during my journey. So events that I knew, maybe not at the time, but when I look back on them, uh, they were sort of like at a crossroads. So when I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, I wrote about that. I, I've uh, been living with MS for at least 15 years, probably more. Uh, when I got hired at Fox News, that was a, a certainly a big chapter in my life. When I was hired by Imus and worked for him uh, for a little over a year, it was the worst job of my life. I had to write about that. So, and of course, the birth of my two beautiful boys and meeting my husband, uh, who's a New York City firefighter. So um, there were a lot of great pivotal moments, a lot of challenges too. But I think, you know, women know that those challenges are what define us. So- it allows us to spiritually evolve without it. Absolutely. Um, so, and you know what? I've always tried to look at my life through this mostly sunny prism because I think if you have an optimistic look at things, it can help you through those challenging moments. A hundred percent. I used to say when I was at my lowest with my son going through seizures and cardiac arrest, and I, I, the only thing that got me out of bed every morning was hope. Yeah. And people would say, you know, you're offering people hope or you're giving people hope. That's a false. And I go, you know what? Hope is everything. It is. And it can just be a smile or someone opening the door for you or saying something kind. It doesn't have to be, you know, this extravagant thing. It can simply be somebody saying, I'm there for you. And and that's one of the reasons I wrote the book, too, is because when I was diagnosed with MS, it was such a dark, cloudy time in my life. And I really wanted a book that was optimistic. And there wasn't a whole lot out there there. So it's kind of a love letter to me and and people Mm -hmm. who have gone through challenges uh, that can give you, you know, that boost of hope that you need, that mostly sunny outlook. That perspective. Um, Absolutely. I think that's a great thing. We need more of that. Mostly sunny. I'm going to name the plug the book like crazy. Mostly sunny. How I learned to keep smiling through the rainiest days. Uh, I do talk a lot about health uh, on the show. I do want to mention and bring up about MS. Where are we now with treatments? How far have we come? Well, listen, I, I was diagnosed almost 15 years ago. And back then we had a handful of treatments uh, and my doctors were very optimistic. So I was on a therapy for about 11 years. And more recently, last year, I had a big flare up and they decided to do something something a little bit more aggressive. So I'm on a different form of treatment. Uh, Listen, I always say, you know, talk to your doctors about it. They know best. And I also talk about in the book, finding the right doctor. It's almost like dating, finding a boyfriend or a husband. I went through very, ah, 
bad dates with neurologists. Uh, let's just put it that way. And it took me a few dates to finally find the right one that I trusted. And uh, I'm somebody that needs to have a connection with a doctor, you know, yes. not just somebody that like looks at their watch and doesn't really have that connection, that bedside manner. So I, it was important for me to find that. Uh, but now, you know what? I'm optimistic. I don't, I hope for a cure in my lifetime, but at least we're getting closer to a stop of the progression of the disease. Uh, I just had a round of MRIs, Jenny, and it looked like some of the lesions were starting to close up. So, you know, I, that that's so hopeful for MS patients. It is so hopeful. And can you talk um, briefly, I don't want to make it all about this, but I do want to know what your, um, what your physical condition is and what does it feel like and what are the bouts that you talk about? Right. So, I mean, I like to say that I don't know what it's like to be quote unquote normal. I think I've had this longer than 15 years. I deal with uh, a lot of fatigue. Um, I try to make sure that I get a lot of rest. It's hard to do that when I have a morning show, but I, I, I get lots of naps. My husband is very supportive. Uh, I also sometimes have numbness and tingling. That's how we first started tracking uh, the illness. Um, I go for MRIs at least every six months to see if there are new lesions. Um, but you know what? You have to listen to your body because um, when I had the first uh, flare-up, big flare-up, it was numbness and tingling, and I felt like I couldn't get out of bed. And I went to several doctors because I knew there was something wrong with me, uh, and a lot of them didn't know. Uh, so I think you have to be your own health advocate. You have to find somebody that's listening to your symptoms. And, you know, I've heard from people that say, okay, well, if this doctor is not going to help me out. I have to try to find the next one that will. A hundred percent. I've heard so many stories about women with endometriosis. Mm -hmm. You know, 25 years ago, the, I, my sister had it and would go doctor to doctor and the doctor would say, I think it's time for you to see a, a mental therapist. Right. Same with MS. Back then it was like, oh, just go home. You know, you're, you're just a little crazy. You know, like with all these symptoms that you're going through. Now is not the time to be telling us that. Uh, no. And thankfully, uh, we have put more puzzle pieces together with, the, with MS. And once we crack this code, it will open up uh, uh, new avenues for all neurog neurological illnesses. So I like being an advocate for MS, not only MS, but for people who are living with chronic illnesses to try to live their best life. I was scared to tell my employer, but I did so. And I, I think it's important for employers to listen to their employees, especially if they have an illness and they need yes. to help them. Yes. Because you know what? Getting up every day and having something that makes me feel that I'm doing something good uh, helps me living with this a hundred percent you have something you know like your passion is what you're doing mm -hmm. and to be stopped because of an illness mm -hmm. I mean I feel like I need something to live for exactly exactly and if I can shine a light on people living with chronic illnesses and still getting up every day and doing their job and being a mom uh, then that's why I have a platform Good for you, Janice. I want to plug the book again, Mostly Sunny, How I Learned to Keep Smiling Through the Rainiest Days. You mentioned working with Don Imus. Please talk about it with me. I mean, I know you talk about it in the book. Let's sell some books. Give oh, me a highlight. The worst job of my life. And it's taken me 16 years to be able to stand up and say, you can't treat people like that. That should have been my best job, Jenny. It had everything I was good at. It had radio. It had television. Uh, I was working with a famous announcer. The people around him were great. It was, but he, on air, off the air, was very ab abusive. And 
listen did he, he belittle you how was that a what kind of verbal abuse because i've been around it myself right it, every day it was something he would call me fat stupid i i couldn't make a mistake if i wrote his business report he would reprimand God. me he would put me in another studio uh i it was just an abusive he carried a gun around with him uh and he would show it to us and he would name the bullets after us uh i saw him he would point a gun at the traffic reporter it was just what yes yes and those around us knew it was happening but no one did anything so I knew I had to get out of the job and uh, it took me a year but I got out of it but now thank God thank goodness we're into a movement where you know me too is certainly helping with that that we can stand up and say okay this did happen to me but it can't happen to anyone else right and that's why it's important that we speak I, up I'm so proud of our generation of women right now that are stepping forward and mm-hmm. speaking and you know what shout out to the men who are listening and taking it seriously they're starting to absolutely they're starting to we but still you know what to go. I want to enforce the fact that although I've met uh you know, abusive men in this business, I have met wonderful men that have also helped me, encouraged me, and and helped me in this great career of mine. So, you know, for all the bad apples out there, there have been uh, wonderful apple trees of great people. That's 100% what I feel. Um, Why didn't Roger Ailes want you to talk about your experience with Don? Mm. I think, well, he hired him. Roger hired him. Uh, He knew when I came Mm. over to Fox, I was into an abusive relationship with him at FAN. And I told him that. He would always say, oh, you know, how's it going with Don Imus when I was interviewing? And I would always say, it's the worst job. Please, I would love to come over to Fox. Um, And I I told him in his office, I, I said, I'd love to do an article on how abusive that situation was. This was 15 years ago. And he told me, you don't want to be the story let him be the story. Uh, and I just remember walking out of there and saying, but what if I was your daughter and you saw your daughter enduring this type of abuse? Wouldn't wouldn't it be good to say something so that he can't treat others like that? Uh, and he just said, nope, this is not the right time. Save it for your book someday. Wow. You didn't, de- definitely didn't feel like you had an ally at all in that area, Mm-mm. in that meeting. Did you feel a difference in the way people were treated after he left, Roger? After he was fired? Uh, In what way? I mean, was the temperature of uh, Fox, did people um, alter the way they acted after he he was fired? It took some time. You know, I I talk about him in the book. Um, A lot of people like to say everything is black and white. I think there were very good qualities about Roger Ailes uh, that people don't like to look at, but he he helped me through my diagnosis. When I wa- when I had children, he was very uh, encouraging, um, but he also uh, was, uh, you know, he harassed me, and I write about that openly and honestly in the book, and uh, it was during, you know, the first year of my career there, and I oh. didn't know who to tell. Um, so when that was going on a couple of years ago, I took it upon myself to find the women that I knew also had similar experiences uh, that I did. And we were all able to go uh, to Paul Weiss, the lawyer, and tell them our stories. Uh, my story wasn't, um, you know, on a scale of one to 10 in harassment. 
maybe a five. I don't know. But it was important for all of us to have a voice. Uh, but now, listen, we have a female CEO and Suzanne Scott, and she's doing great things. And there are wonderful women in power over there. And I no longer feel afraid uh, working over there. Uh, it Good. has completely done. They've done an overhaul. And I know that Fox News uh, will take beating uh, beatings in the press for um, you know, their, their stand, their conservative stand. But I will say, uh, when it comes to harassment, uh, they have done a complete 180. And I feel so secure in my work environment. I no longer feel fear. I'm so happy to hear that. I want to plug your book again, Mostly Sunny, How I Learned to Keep Smiling Through the Rainiest Days. So how, how have your uh, family um, dealt with all of this? Because, you know, people forget that families, it takes a toll mm-hmm. on your families. Well, children, husband. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids, that- my kids have asked me if they could read the book. And I, I tell them, they're 10 and 8, I say, when you're a little bit older, you can read the book. Um, my husband didn't know a lot of the stories. Uh, I wow. uh, not only talk about harassment, but I had uh, a home invasion that happened to me when I was living in Houston, uh, where someone broke into my apartment, and uh, I, that changed changed me. Um, so listen, they have been so supportive. I'm so grateful for my family. They are the reason I get up every day. They are my sunshine. Uh, and you know what? I hope someday my kids can read the book and just be proud of their mom. Let me ask you this question because I'm sure they will. You're such a lovely human being. You know, that the fine line um, of being feeling like a burden to family members and that line of asking for help. How did you figure out the perfect balance between the two? Or did you for help? Um, You know what? When I first started out my career, I thought I was invincible and I didn't need help. And then I met my husband and I was diagnosed with MS. And there were many times where I had to uh, realize that I had to lean on somebody and lean on my family. Uh, and that took some time uh, to realize that uh, we're not wonder women, you know, as much as we think we are and we think we're invincible, uh, we do need people to lean on. Um, my husband is everything. And I know that if my career uh, went away tomorrow, I could walk out and know that it won't end because I have the love and support of my mm. wonderful family. I I always say that to women. I'm like, if you can think to yourself that you could leave your job tomorrow, but you would be okay because you have the love and support of, of, of someone in your life, then that can take you through the darkest days. A hundred percent. Absolutely. I think that's my one of my biggest fears as a single mom when I was alone going like I can't just walk away from something I'm stuck right and don't you feel right now you have the love of your husband and your family and you could do anything a hundred percent and I believe it's available for everyone it is it it, it, it can be in a best friend it can be your you know a, a family member it doesn't have to be a husband but knowing that you have uh, something else other than what you thought was going to bring all of your self-esteem and your self-importance. You know what? Because we could all go tomorrow, and I would rather be known as a great mom and a great wife uh, than somebody that was, you know, did a great forecast on television. A hundred percent. Hey, what did your husband say when he read the book? Because you said there's things in there that he didn't know. 
What what made him go, holy cow, honey? Well, I, I think the home invasion story uh, mm. where I had someone basically wake me up after they robbed me. Uh, and long story short, I, I was able to talk him out of raping me and instead taking all of my jewelry. And I told him he could have my car. And if it wasn't for a sound in the parking lot that scared me and he ran out of the apartment, I don't know what would have happened. Uh, I didn't talk about that a lot in my life, uh, but it was important for me to write about it. It was the reason I got therapy. Uh, I talk about my therapist, Judy, that's been with me for 15 years, and she saved my life. Uh, but when my husband read about that particular chapter, uh, he didn't know the details. And I just know the next day uh, I woke up and I could tell, you know, he felt bad. He felt terrible. Um because he wasn't there to protect you. Right. And yeah. um, But you know what? We all go through things that make us stronger and make us realize uh, that point in our journey made us make certain decisions. For me, it was to move from that apartment and even move from that city and go back home to heal and find people that could help me get through these, these moments. Because, again, as much as we think we're resilient, we need the help of others to get through these things. We do. And I always tell people, they always go, like, how can we help? I go, reach out to people Absolutely. who either have a sick child or they're sick themselves. Reach out because sometimes they're too, um, you know, too much pride to ask of for help. Course. So go ahead and reach out. Um, I know. I only have a couple minutes left. Uh, there's that Roger Ale movie is coming out. Mm -hmm. Did you, are you in the movie? Are you a character? I are don't you... think so. I, I don't know a whole lot about it. I do hope that the movie represents the females uh, that got together and, and against a lot of odds, uh, went and did the right thing. Um, it took a lot of courage. Uh, and you don't know about some of these women who uh, went forward and, and made an appointment to go into the, um, the law offices in Paul Weiss and tell their stories. Um, it was, I, I do hope that the story tells that, uh, that wonderful kinship between all of us because we realized that it, we would risk our jobs and our security to, to talk about our boss and what, what he did that, that wasn't so good. Yeah, you guys had everything to lose. We did. And that's why strength in numbers, mm -hmm. that's why this this Me Too that turned from a moment to a movement is mm -hmm. everything. It really is. Janice Dean, what a pleasure talking to you. <laughs> I, really, honestly, you have a friend over here anytime you want. I know if you've got Fox and Friends across the street, you got a friend at Sirius. Jenny, but I... I, I adore you, and you bring sunshine to so many people's lives as well. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Mostly sunny, how I learned to keep smiling through the rainiest days. Thank you so much. Much love to you, sweetheart. Thank you. Right back at right, you. Right back, guys. Use the SiriusXM app to listen to Limitless Jenny McCarthy Show episodes and celebrity interviews.